You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to Flipping Tables, episode 91. I'm one of your hosts, David Lyons, and this week, Mike Edwards off doing something with his family. He's share some stuff about that when he gets back maybe but we have a special guest uh susan host of eclectic readers book club founder of the eclectic readers book club all the eclectic readers book club stuff (laughs) say hi all of it hello all of it all the books i found all the books you did was it three ladies all the books three ladies all the books i love it so we have a little bit of follow-up to get into, but I think it's appropriate that you're you're guesting this week because we have a bunch of ebook stuff to talk about. Yay, some, books. <laughs> and some crazy podcast stuff to talk about. But we do have some, some YouTube Red follow-up. So when uh, the Apple Music um, beta, not beta, trial period launched, uh, they said, hey, it's free for three months. And then quietly they said, Hey, um, we're not going to pay anybody during that free three months. So just, okay. So we're not getting any money. So we're not going to give you guys any money. And Taylor Swift of all people came out of the woodwork and said, no. And she either did or threatened to take all of her very, very, very successful music off of Apple music, unless they were going to get paid during that trial time. And uh, Apple bent and they said, okay, you're right. We do have like $600 billion in the bank. Uh, we can probably spring the 30 cents in transaction fees this would cost us. And they, they paid and there was much rejoicing and, and greatness. So YouTube read exact same situation. It was only a month trial, not a three month trial, but everybody freaked out. And what do you think they did? Same thing. They did the exact same thing. <laughs> and, what amazed me is in the time it took, so Matt of, of uh, Bits and Pieces fame, he was telling me about this, and in the time it took him to explain it to me, and I started Googling for it, there was already all these articles saying like, oh yeah, no, Google came around, they're going to just pay. <laughs> and I, I believe his uh, response was, I didn't even have time to get my uh, overnight pitchfork from Amazon Prime. It's like, yeah, this because there was no way like we've we fought this battle. We've seen how this plays out. So they're going to get paid. And I've been using YouTube Red now for, I don't know, three, four days. We're recording this on Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yay, happy Halloween. <laughs> but I've been using it for like the three or four days since it's released. And I hate to admit it, but not watching ads on YouTube is kind of awesome. <laughs> you watch a lot of videos on YouTube, though. I didn't really feel like I watched that many, but over you the do. last week, I do. <laughs> I'm super sorry. It's it's destroying my family. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. Over this last like few days, every time I start a YouTube video and the video starts playing automatically and instantly, I'm like, oh, the internet is so fast without all this crap in front of it. Here's another thing. Those little, like, the pop-up ads that like they they come they slide oh, yeah, up yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you see them in the timeline there's like a yellow stripe yes. so you know where you're about to be punished like those are also gone that's actually pretty nice right the whole video experience is like <laughs> vastly improved it's it's uh i don't know if it's worth ten dollars a month <laughs> are you sure like i said you watch a lot of videos on youtube i do you know they're subscriptions though like i don't 
I think that's why I felt like I didn't watch that much on YouTube because I don't just troll through YouTube. Oh, true. But I have like 20 channels I'm subscribed to because I use YouTube for education. Education? Yes. Vsauce mm-hmm. and, and, and the PBS. Um, oh, God. Was Idea Channel. See? Well, there are other less educational stuff you watch. There's also like five second films <laughs> and a lot of game theory and stuff. Yes. Yeah. But it's really nice. that the, And they play faster. They do. Like if there was ever any doubt in your mind that a slow YouTube video wasn't because of the ad, it's the ad. Yeah, I believe that because I have to stick it in somewhere like to figure that out and then play the video. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos. So I you're, did not you're a better care. person. <laughs> I just didn't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think Mike and I talked about this a week or two ago, but Google Play Music, which thank God they've shortened from Google Play All Access Music Key 2000, whatever the hell it was. They, they shortened it to just Google Play Music. So if you pay for that, you also get YouTube Red. If you pay for YouTube Red, you also get Google Play Music. So now I really just need someone to confirm whether or not you get uh, YouTube Red if you do the Google Play Music family plan. Mm, because okay. there's, I think the family plan's fly, five or six people, not five people, five, <laughs> five or six people. So I could find someone to split that with. Then you and I would get free YouTube with no ads. Some other nice couple would get free YouTube with no ads. That would be nice, but I mean, okay. Yeah. Right, and that's, I mean that's it. It's like it, it's worth seven dollars a month. It's not worth fifteen. It's not worth yeah. nine ninety nine. Yeah, no, no. If it was something like Netflix or HBO Now, then I'm like, yeah, it's totally worth the money. Yeah, which is weird because when you think about like a Netflix or an HBO Now, there's there would be an ad at the beginning and then afterwards. But if you watch like Game of Thrones, like a fifty minute show. So a 30-second ad versus, like, 50 minutes isn't um, bad. No. Right? But a YouTube video might only be 30 or 45 seconds. Oh, my seconds. gosh. It's awful. <laughs> I've had trailers where they're two minutes long, and then you watch a minute-long video. Like, this, is, this is not even a good trailer. <laughs> and, and have you ever not pressed the skip in five seconds button? All the time. I know of exactly one time I didn't push it. Really? Yes, once. Oh. For, I'll, I'll find it, and I'll, I'll throw it in the show notes, but there is a product called poopery yes you told me about this yes i don't have to explain no but i had to watch (laughs) the ad that was the thing is like this whoever wrote this ad should is like it's don draper like the real (laughs) the real don draper has built a time machine and come forward into the 2000s and built an ad so gripping that i was like i need to know how this plays out yeah no skip (laughs) skip 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 Okay, so the so you know you and I are we're husband and wife, and you guessing is not just nepotism. But <laughs> would you be okay with me spending ten dollars a month on this if I said I thought it was worth it? If you thought it was worth it for you, then yes, Aww. I guess. <laughs> you don't sound so sure. I don't, I don't know. You watch a lot of videos, and it make you happy. I think I think the real answer to this might be <laughs> I should watch less YouTube, and that will like just. That- that might be it. <laughs> yeah, just cut the problem right off at the knees. It's nothing like hearing YouTube videos in the background while you read. Oh, <laughs> hey, you know, that was just a super segue. <laughs> 
So we talked about Mike and I talked about ebooks and and why why have they not taken over physical books? Why has there not been this massive disruption in the the book industry? Particularly, you know, Mike and I are both ed- educational technologists. Why has there not been a massive disruption in the the textbook industry? Like, you know, a, a bestseller might be twenty nine ninety nine, but a crappy six year old math textbook could be four hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah. So. I, and and that space has been even less disrupted than the normal like you know novel novella family reading young adult books space. So why? I mean, you you read three four books at once? I had three three yeah oh just three four, four is really ambitious. <laughs> and, and whenever possible, would you say you opt for Kindle? Uh yeah, it's easier um, for me personally. Um, it's just with the toddler, I read more when I go to bed. It's just easier to have a Kindle than a physical book. Well, and you, so recently, and I I think you guys did, you might've talked about this on Eclectic Readers where you've actually now started fitting the Kindle into like weird, odd moments. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because, um, Jeanette, she's, who's like a bigger bookworm than, than myself, um, she actually made this contraption where she hung her Kindle on hanger so that she can do the dishes and read her Kindle at the same time. And how does she turn the pages? Um, she just like, I forget she mash it with her forearm or something. I think with her elbow, okay. but I forget. Cause I asked her that exact same question. D- does she have the touchscreen <laughs> one? Like we have. I don't know which generation it is. Because it, if it's the older kind with the buttons... I don't think it's the buttons. Yeah, I guess you could do the touchscreen with your elbow. I'm skin. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I'm trying to think how distracting that would be to <laughs> periodically have to reach up and be like, eh. I, I honestly don't remember. I remember asking her that question, though. Uh, and now well, I don't remember. We'll have to get follow-up from her. Yes, and she's, you know, she's read while folding laundry. She's, like, reads while blow-drying you know, blow her hair. So she must have the Kindle, like, down, yes. right? And then she's folding, and then she reaches out and, like, swipes. Yeah. And this is, I don't, I'm... I'm, I have mixed feelings about this because it feels not because, I mean, it's great that she's reading so much, but it just feels like it would be so disruptive to whatever you're doing with your hands. Like to me, this is why audiobooks exist <laughs> so that you can use your hands and do a thing. Well, audiobooks aren't as popular as real books. <laughs> Um, that is oddly true. Yeah, and they weren't as highly available back in the day. They're a lot more expensive than real books. So, yeah, I mean, it's just not. It wasn't a go-to thing until recently for me. Well, and you've you're doing it out of necessity. Yes. Right. So, I guess this brings me back to the the <laughs> real question: left to your own devices, pretending you had unlimited time to read and you had unlimited money. What would be your go-to way to consume a book of of all the various kinds? That's really hard because I actually really like reading a physical book and I really like reading from an e-book. They're both really <laughs> nice for very different reasons. <laughs> so you think you might want, like if you were trying to read War and Peace, you might opt for the e-book so yeah. that it's not a giant tome you have to carry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But 
it's I like reading a book. There's just something comforting and cozy about it. Like and with um going back to textbooks on that note, um the one thing that makes it hard to read on an ebook is you can highlight lines in text and you can write notes, but to go back and try to find those notes are hard. Yeah, I have so I, I've I've had this running joke that I've never bought a Kindle. I've just bought you new Kindles and then you gift me your old Kindle. Yep. So I bought you a Kindle three yeah. that I, I secretly packaged inside of a <laughs> biography of Hitler. Yep. When, back when we were dating. <laughs> and then um I got you the paper white. Yes. So I got your Kindle three. Yes. Which going from nothing to a Kindle three was like amazing. Yes. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean it's so light and it's the screen looks amazing, and then I got your paper white when I bought you the new, <laughs> the new paper one. white. And even having only read on it like two or three sessions in the last couple of weeks, or I don't know, like two weeks, yeah. it's like I can't go back to the three now. It's nope. it's heavy, and the screen is so dark, <laughs> and I can see little jaggeds on the edge of the letters. Like it's, I can't believe the difference. It's it's like I was colorblind and now suddenly I can see the world in color. It's like the end of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So you I mean that we we took the paper white, the the old paper white and the new paper white and kind of put them side by side. I don't feel like there was that much of a difference, but having used the old paper white for what like a year and now having the new one, do you do you notice it? Is it lighter? Is it is the screen better? Is the resolution make that big of a difference? No, I mean, if you put them side by side, it, you can tell that there's a little bit of a difference. But overall, in general, there really isn't that much. Um, it may be a little faster. Oh, like the actual page yeah. turns and stuff. See, yeah. that's another thing is the, the Kindle 3 like flashes yeah. like every page. Yep, and I didn't, does. I didn't really notice it. Like I didn't even take stock of it. And then when I, the first like couple pages I read on the paper white, I was like, Oh, it's nice that it's not trying to give me like an epileptic seizure. <laughs> this is very convenient. Yep. No, it's really nice. It's a little faster. Um, it feels smoother, but overall there isn't that much of a change, but it's very nice. So is there any time you would prefer an audiobook? When I'm working. Okay. <laughs> would you, if if you had free time to sit down, you're like, I'm going to sit down and read. Would you ever choose an audiobook, or would no. you you'd always go paper yes. or you know yes. words on a screen or I page. would go text. <laughs> text. Yes. Thank you. Oh my god, I was, I was reaching. This is why you need the book expert. <laughs> <laughs> I was clutching so hard to find the word text. I'm an academic. You think I would know the word text? Um, so you would never opt for an audiobook. If you were just going to like lounge around. No, an audiobook is when I want to read a book and I'm busy doing other things. So I'm going to challenge you now. What about the audiobook of His Dark Materials, which is done almost like a radio play if you've never listened to it. They have different voice actors. There's a little bit of music. I don't think they really mess with sound no, effects. not really. But it, it's it's almost like an old-fashioned radio play. I would still listen to it if I, have, if I was busy. I would read the book. Yeah, so you would still opt for the mm-hmm. text, even though that's more like a performance. Yeah. Man. I can't just sit there and do nothing while I'm listening to a book. Yeah. I, Busy hands. 
So, okay. So that's interesting. So you would prefer to be idle and read a textbook, you know, a book yes. written in text, whereas Jeanette refuses to accept <laughs> having her hands occupied as an excuse not to read text. Yes. How, do you happen to know, does she not like audiobooks or is it just no. cost prohibitive? No, I think it's just preference, honestly. Because she goes to the library a lot. Like a lot of us in the book club go to go to the library to get our books first. Yeah. Physical books. Physical books, audiobooks, yeah. e-books. Do you find is do libraries have a good selection generally or is it mostly physical books? Ebooks? Just of of alternate types. So ebooks oh, or um, audiobooks. It's gotten a lot better over the years. So but the only problem with that is that there's a restriction to how many people can borrow that ebook or audiobook even though it's digital. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I mean, this is such a small sample size, right? Like you and Jeanette who are incredibly prolific readers, but you are still a sample size of two. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm blown away by like, there are music lovers all over the world. And the minute they were handed streaming music, they were like, hell yes. And they ditched CDs and they ditched iPods and everything was just streaming and they were happy. I mean, there's the weirdos who were like, no, it has to be lossless streaming because they don't actually understand how audio signals work. <laughs> but, but them aside, like they jumped all over it. Movie people, same way. Like, you know, Mike, uh, Justin of, of Pseudo Show, um, huge cinemaphiles, love TV and movies. And yet the minute they were handed streaming, I've never heard a video person say like, oh, I just, I got to have it on VHS. <laughs> Laserdisc is the only way to go. It's the, it's the purest form of video. But with book lovers, there's like this culture around books you guys cannot let go. Nope. You want a cup of coffee. Yep. And or a, tea. Or tea. And a little nook. Yep. A lot or of wine. Sorry. A lot of pillows. You know, maybe some like soft jazz on the overhead speakers. Yes. And 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 you want to like smell the book and you want to like feel the weight of it. Why? <laughs> I, I'm, I, why is this unique to just this art form? I don't know. I think it's um, watching something and listening to something, you're... It's a different kind of sense. You're not really, you're taking something in, but it's not physical in the sense that you can touch it. But with a book, like you're actually like interacting with that media and people want to interact with that media. People want to turn that page, you know, people want to like hold it in one hand and take a sip of their beverage and put it down and put a bookmark in it. (laughs) (laughs) Man, this, I just, I mean, this. I shouldn't I shouldn't have said unique. It's not unique to book people. It's just that it's been it's 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 been prevailing. Yeah. It's dominated the behavior of readers whereas the medium has not dominated the behavior of movie and TV people or music people. Mm-hmm. It's you know, they're considered the weirdos. We're like, "Oh yeah, you listen on vinyl, you're an idiot." Like <laughs> that that's fine. Go take your big, you know, giant black coasters. I'm just going to work over here with my amazing streaming service that gives me access to everything. And yet Kindle Unlimited and public libraries, you know, so for $10 a month between your public library and Kindle Unlimited, you could probably get basically every book that a an average person would care to read. I'm sure there's lots of obscure titles, but Kindle Unlimited has like all the biggies and then any biggies they can't get, you could probably get from your library. 
Yes. Generally, right? I'm <laughs> yeah. talking like bestsellers, your, yeah. your Harry Potters. No, there's some big sellers that weren't on Unlimited. That's the reason why I never signed up for it. Any book that I wanted to read was never on Unlimited. So you like checked multiple times and yes. just total failure. Yes. Okay. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's like going to Netflix if they didn't have any good movies. Yeah. I mean, there are some bestsellers and popular books on Kindle Unlimited, but a lot of it's a lot of independent writers. Oh, right, because they are their own publishing mm-hmm. platform as well. Right. See, this is what happens when a, a storefront be also becomes a creator of the thing they sell, because <laughs> then they're incentivized to like prop up their thing. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah, no, you could go buy Harry Potter, but look, here's this guy you've never heard of who wrote a yeah. book that may or may not be any good. Yeah. Uh, so could this be this whole book, you know, the the fanciful feeling for books, could this be just entirely cultural and like our kids will grow up being like, why would you carry around a heavy dead tree? Maybe. Um, I mean, right now I would say I read more Kindle books than I do physical books. So I'm pretty sure Emily see me read from a Kindle more than a physical book. And she has some kid books that are eBooks. Which that's true, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> Yeah. It's like she she definitely knows what books are because, I mean, we read to her every day, multiple mm-hmm. times a day. Like, she knows what books are, but she's only two. There's no way she's developed an attachment to the idea of books. No, she's getting there, though. She is. <laughs> but I think if we if we read to her, you know, half the week out of paper books and then half the week off of the Kindle, mm-hmm. I don't think she would have a preference because what – for her, the culture of reading is like sitting with her parents right? and and we read her a story and some of her stories are like interactive where she gets to say some of the words, but those aren't, that's not unique to paper. I mean, mm. nothing about books is unique to paper. It's just text. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's two types of book lovers when it comes to that. There's the type that just have huge pride of showing how much they've read in the books that they've read, and it's hard to do that with the Kindle or whatever e <laughs> reader you're using, you know. And then there are those who like really truly like to read, and they just prefer reading from a book because they also like the culture and, and like the vibe around reading a book. See, and and Mike said this exact thing with with movies and and books and and vinyl records. Like people people like knowing that they're broadcasting themselves in the way they're hoping they'll be perceived. Right. Right. And, and books are amazing at that because you have a shelf just covered in dead trees, just like floor to ceiling, wall to wall, just dead trees. Right. And it, you get to choose that message. So when your guests come over or you have a friend over or the UPS guy is helping you bring in a a heavy package, they're going to see like, you know, Oh, he has Dostoevsky and Shakespeare. Like, Oh, he's, he's so well read. That's amazing. (laughs) But really you have like 50 shades of gray in the twilight series, like (laughs) under your bed or behind some (laughs) magazines or something. And I think that's, I I remember when e-readers first started to like kind of hit the scene. I was still in graduate school. That was like the the opposite was a perk. Yeah, people were like, now no one knows what I'm reading. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like all they see is my e reader. Yep. So I can read Twilight or the you know Fifty Shades of Grey or kid book or whatever and not be embarrassed because only I know. Right. So that's yeah. I mean, my idea is that because like book lovers also like to know what other people are reading 
You can't do that with an e-reader. You just oh, they're just having Kindle. I wonder what they're reading. Like then you have to do the creepy look over the shoulder and read some of or, the text to see if you recognize any of it. Or God forbid, you just start a conversation. <laughs> you're you're really supporting the like book lovers as introverts. It's like I just want to creepily look at you from across the cafe yes. and see what you're reading. But, I don't want to have to talk to you. But see, my idea is that what Amazon needs to do is make a little LCD screen, a little rectangle in the back. Right under their Kindle name or Amazon. I forget which one it says in the back. I think it says Amazon on the back and Kindle, Kindle on, the on the front. front. Okay. So Amazon on the back, like right below it or right above it and have a little LCD screen or LED screen that says the title of the book you're reading. And then problem solved. Uh, you would have the option to show it or not. So <laughs> this would actually, technologically speaking... Um, be completely achievable without really altering the size of a Kindle That's because what I thought. well because the the e-ink display is like wicked thin mm-hmm. like there's a reason they call it electronic paper because I mean it's really really thin so probably not adding that much weight to the Kindle you could thicken it up a tiny bit have a small section on the back that's all it ever shows is the title and maybe if you it was big enough it could also show like the cover art mm, not that big. Just the title? Yes, just the title. Okay, so that's even easier because think about it. The thing that makes e-ink work so well is that it only uses power when the screen changes. Right. So that means the whole time you're reading that book, the title would just be sitting there, Mm -hmm. not even using any of your reading power. I I think it's a good idea. I think we may have just (laughs) invented the next Kindle. (laughs) Although, I wonder if there would be... I, I agree with you that the culture of books is around like oh, hey, what are you reading? Or, oh, I'm going to talk to you because I can see what you're reading. I don't want to ask you what you're reading, but the book is yes. is the, the topic or the icebreaker. Um, I wonder if there would be pushback from those I don't want people to know what I'm reading crowd. Oh, that's what I'm saying. There could be the option like do not show a title. Or, you know? or show a title. I wouldn't be embarrassed. Exactly. <laughs> Just always Dostoevsky. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. In, in the original Russian, that's incredible. Oh, yes, yes. I, yep. Yes. Exactly. No, no, no. It wouldn't show like exactly because some people would be like, mm, I don't want people to know what I'm reading. That's fine. You're allowed to have your privacy. So just have an option. Be like, do not show title. I like this. <laughs> this is, I, there was actually, I'm, I'm assume you've never seen them, but uh, I think Yoda, uh, Y-O-T-A, um, this company made a couple of Android phones. You could buy them in the US, but they never took off. They were from China, I think doesn't matter but they had on the back of the phone it had an e-ink display oh did they yes so now you have a phone with two screens Ooh. and the idea is if you're just gonna like read an email or check text message you can just look on the e-ink side and you don't have to power up the battery draining led side that makes sense um it also means you have a phone that you there's like nowhere to hold it because it's like all screen Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you you can only like pinch grip it. Okay. Yeah. That's annoying. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons this device never took off, but the idea is kind of interesting. Um, I think some company also tried to do an e-ink only smartphone, but then it's like, oh, so I can't see photos in color. I can't watch videos. I can't do like anything. It's like a phone. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, just imagine, think about all the things you do, even if it's just like rearranging, you know, uh, icons on the, on the desktop, like 
instead of it being a smooth, beautiful animation, it's like this janky. Oh God. Yeah. I would just leave them where they are. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody just stay where you are. So this is, I I think we've, we have not cracked why eBooks haven't taken over. You're an interesting case study, but the important thing is we've landed on the next multi-million dollar (laughs) Kindle feature. I don't even, you might not even know since I bring Kindles into your life. Yes. You actually do not have the top of the line Kindle. No. The Voyager. Yeah. Do you know, do you know about the Voyager? Yeah. I feel like you told me about that and I felt like I didn't really need it. No. Or want it. No, (laughs) no one does or does. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, first off it's bigger and there is very little functionality that I think can be added to a Kindle other than our multi-million dollar idea <laughs> that justifies the added size and, and heft of it all. Um, because even just, again, in like the week I've been using your your older Paperwhite, it's not having the keyboard on the bottom doesn't just make it lighter, but it also changes the balance point. Yeah. Because now, since I can swipe anywhere on the screen to turn the page, I don't need to hold it where the thumb button is. So now I can hold it where I think it's comfortable, not where the device thinks it should be comfortable, which on the Kindle three was like, it was, it was pretty good. You know, I, I did a few misturn pages with the swipe or <laughs> yeah, with the buttons, the buttons. Yeah. Cause you're holding yeah. them like the whole time you're reading. You're also yep. like, it's as if you're holding the page and you're like ready to turn it. <laughs> yep. No, that was, that was so nice to be keyboardless. Well, and I think the Voyager, so there was the the Kindle non-touch with no keyboard, which I don't remember if that was called the Paperwhite. I think when the Paperwhite launched, there was the touch and the non-touch. Oh. And I got you the touch one. Yes. But there was there was one that had buttons, but they weren't like on the, the three. They were like these little uh, kind of chrome plated bars. So it was like the smaller bar was back and the larger bar was forward. No clue. Yeah. And I think the Voyager also went back to physical buttons. Oh. And it turns out um, we don't really want those. No. Because it's really nice to lift my thumb off the bezel and swipe it. It's a it's a tiny motion, but it's a really clear indication to the Kindle, I would like to turn the page now. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's Swiping is nice. Unless when I lose my page or I'm trying to look for a specific passage it gets really annoying which is why physical books are still superior in that way it's just easier to search for stuff scanning yes yeah and this is actually in in academia uh this has been one of the big critiques over textbook conversion ebooks but as a technologist to me it's taking the form and i'm not saying you're wrong it's just that you're a little wrong (laughs) taking the form factor and making it fit a workflow when there is a superior workflow available search is questionable to me so in a book like in a, a physical novel um i think the act of scanning is a different experience, right? Because you're looking, you're like, oh, uh, it's chapter two, flip, 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 flip. You see the larger text for the chapter heading and you stop, right? Right. With a textbook, you're probably looking for like a specific item, like a specific line or factoid or something where you kind of have an idea of what you're looking for. You just don't know where in the book it is. Right. That to me is like prime for search. 
Yeah, the problem is like with stuff like that, you probably have it highlighted. You probably have notes to it. So like sometimes I don't know. I haven't used it in a while because I got really frustrated with using it.、Um, but looking for the notes that you notated is really not good. <laughs> <laughs> and did you feel that way about the the Kindle keyboard and the one with the touchscreen? The Kindle keyboard was awful. It was worse. Yeah, especially because it took forever to type your thoughts in. Like typing, pushing a button, having it appear on the screen took a little while. Yeah, you don't get that immediate、no. feedback, so you feel like you have to wait、yes. in between key presses. Or, or I would type a word and then I'd wait for it to like. <laughs> yeah, and it does the super flash.、Yeah. And you're like,、oh. yeah. So I just stopped doing that, and then with the paper white, I tried it. It took notes really well. But I had to go back to a different little dock to go to my notes, and then has it numbered. But there was no link to the location of where I put that note. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I see the note, but I'm not sure where the note is to. Right. And <laughs> can you like press on it to go to that passage or something? You couldn't. They may have changed that. I know they did a big update. Okay. But yeah, yeah, so I stopped using it. <laughs> so, have you ever used the?、Uh, have you ever looked at other people's notes where it says like three hundred people highlighted this passage? Those are just highlights. They're not necessarily notes. Okay, if there's a note, do you ever look at it?、You're、I like, don't think you can look at notes. I think only you can highlights. Only, yeah, I think you can only look at highlights. So you know, other people found that passage interesting, but、yes. you never know why. Yes. Okay. Because I've been, I, I have a book、uh, right now that I, I got from our local library. That's a Kindle library loan, and there's a couple of passages that have been like 325、yep. highlights, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> for, why for this sentence? Are there <laughs> like I feel like after the first dozen, other people were like, oh, I should, I agree. <laughs> I need to remember this. Like if you use like a, a used textbook in college, yeah, you see the highlights from other people. Like, you're like my 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 teacher hasn't mentioned this once. Is this going to be on the test? What do I what am I doing? Oh my gosh, people must do that to just prank the next person who buys the book. You know, there were so many mean things I found out about like after I got out of college, like ways people used to cheat on term papers、yeah. with like the giant period, and like ways people used to mess with like textbooks where they would put like a little comic or like a little story, so you flip through it, like you know, like flipbook、oh, style, yeah, like、uh-huh. then, like I never did any of that. <laughs> did I miss like a whole section of college? Like, no, sh- I never did that either. Okay, so we're both boring. It's excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I've I've gotten your take on ebooks.、Um, thank you for continuing to buy ebooks because you're welcome. I I am an environmentalist and I care about the planet, right? Even if you don't listen, just because you didn't want to move ten boxes of books. Oh, several times for, for people listening. She means refrigerator boxes. No, these were huge boxes. They were paper boxes. Uh, there's still way too many books. <laughs> But what did we do? We donated、I、them. Did donated to the library. That's right. So some other person can move those heavy ass books. <laughs> <laughs> They weren't that many. There were that many. There are still too many. <laughs> But that's a fight for another time. <laughs> so I've I've gotten your your take on ebooks.、Um, I want to talk about podcasting because it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a podcast if at some point we didn't talk about podcasting. And how literal? 
how meta. Ah. <laughs> so, so Google uh, just this week um, announced that they are going to add podcasts to Google Play Music. And there's a lot of confusion around this because anyone who is serious into the culture of podcasting, just like you might be into the culture of books, but the culture of podcasting is that it's decentralized and nobody owns it. So, you know, when at the end of our shows, we like to direct people to how they can help support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. And one of the things we ask people to do is like leave us reviews on iTunes, all of the links which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash support. But the reason that we, we ask people to do that is because even though podcasting as a technology is completely decentralized, uh, Apple kind of owns it because they were the first like major supporter. Even the name podcasting is because of its association with the original iPod, even though podcasting actually predates the iPod, right? It's just recorded audio that's distributed over the internet. Um, they just made it like a big thing. And, and then serial came along and the podcasting renaissance and people who've been podcasting are like, yeah, we already did. We're doing that, but thank you serial for acting like you reinvented this. That's cool. And, and now it's like a big thing. Well, even though Apple is considered the centralized hub, they don't actually host your files. Um, they don't, which is why you can support us because we have to pay for servers to host our stuff on. But they don't host files. They don't um, insert ads. They in no way interact with your content other than surfacing it in their search. But anybody can subscribe in any third-party podcast uh, podcatcher except there are these weird silos and Stitcher is probably the most popular one. So have you, have you heard of Stitcher radio? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so Stitcher radio, thank you for being a delightful audience foil. <laughs> so Stitcher radio is a, a music app. And I think they started with um, talk radio and, and podcasts and have since added music um, or they might have started with music and then added podcasts later, but they they did one and then added the other. But the important thing is this: they actually suck up your files and rehost them on their servers. They lower the audio quality, which if you're audio people like Mike and I are, and a lot of other podcasters are, like that kind of pisses you off. Like we we try very hard to make our shows sound great. So the idea that somebody would rehost our stuff and then make it sound worse, which the listener doesn't know that's Stitcher's fault. They think it's whoever's show's fault. So that that's very frustrating. But they also like insert ads. And I don't mean just before and after. I mean like in the middle of a show. And they also had these crazy requirements where you had, if you've ever listened to a podcast where they say, find us on Stitcher, it's because part of Stitcher's terms of service say you have to say that. So Stitcher's big. They have a big platform. They have a lot of listeners. I know some people who fancy themselves hardcore podcast listeners, but they only use Stitcher. None of our shows are on Stitcher. So like we can never reach those people because we don't agree to their terms of service. You know, we try and be on the open web where anybody can listen, blah, 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 and and all that kind of good stuff. But like, we're not comfortable with the Stitcher terms of service. Google play music with their podcast, if they're still going to call it Google play music is going to do some weird things. Not the least of which is, Rehost your files. So now analytics become an issue. How do we get those download numbers? How do we merge them into our download numbers from our other service? And then worse, are they going to insert ads? The terms of service say yes, but only before and after. No. So it's kind of like 
they know it's not our ad. They know it's Google Play Music's ad. Right now, our shows don't have any ads. You know, maybe one day we'll we'll have some ads that we'll put in, but those will be our ads for products we said we want to support and be associated with. Um, I've said a million times, the minute Casper writes me a check, like I've already been giving them free advertisement. So I'm happy to also take their money and continue to advertise. But um, you listen to a lot of podcasts. I do. You host a podcast. I do. You're guesting on a podcast. I am. What podcatcher do you use? None podcatchers. None. <laughs> And you are, according to our statistics, 100% representative of our majority share of our audience. Yep. Most people that listen to all of the shows on Sunrise Robot, there's a variety of topics. So you have a presumably a very varied audience. They mostly listen on the website in the web browser. Yeah. Why do you do that? <laughs> Personally, I'm lazy. But I mean, you find it easier to be in front of your laptop? Well, one thing is because I listen to most of it while I'm working, which is I'm in front of a laptop all day. That's fair. <laughs> so it's just easier. I rarely ever listen to podcasts outside of work. Well, because you'd have to hold your laptop up to your head. Uh -huh. and <laughs> <laughs> no, because I did um, when I used my iPod Nano Generation three. <laughs> was that the tall, skinny one? Yeah, yeah. that was my favorite one. Um, I actually, you know, had an account on iTunes and I would subscribe to a couple podcasts and just have it loaded onto my iPod. Um, and then I stopped listening to iTunes and I stopped really updating iTunes at all. <laughs> Then I, you know, working from home in front of my laptop is just easier to go to the website and hit play because I'm just lazy to find an app to use. <laughs> so I think it's really incredibly fascinating that the word you're using for your your workflow is lazy because I would say my workflow is far lazier. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I have an app. I happen to use Pocket Cast. I would also be happy for them to be a sponsor because I love their app. I bought <laughs> it like three times now on different platforms. <laughs> um, but I, I use Pocket Cast. Um, there's, you know, Apple devices have an official iPod or podcast subscribing app. I don't know what they call it. I think it's just podcasts. Um, you have an Android phone, so you would have to get a third-party app. I would. Right? So yeah. on an iPhone, it's built in, which is why the second largest number of our listeners are in the official podcasting app. Yep. And I then, could believe that. <laughs> yeah. And then all the third-party apps that come after that are like single-digit percentages. Mm -hmm. So like web browser, 40%. Yep. And then uh, the official podcast app is like 20-something, and then everything else makes up the rest. Right. Which is distributed over like 20 different platforms because there's so many apps. But for me, the reason I think it's lazier is because the magic of RSS, which stands for really simple syndication, is... You subscribe once and then stop thinking about it forever. It's true. It's being lazy to do the first step to finding something to use. So in your mind, because you already know the website, yes. you don't have to learn or do any exactly. new things, even though it's more work. Exactly. Because then I can just open a tab in Google. It's already in my frequently browsed little menu down there. So I click the website and it's already current. So I just click play. 
<laughs> Man, that. <laughs> so, okay. So this, I guess this brings me to an issue of discovery. Cause this is another weird thing with Google play music's podcast thing is like Stitcher, you have to submit your podcast to them. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because they're going to screw with them. So you have to volunteer. Yeah, that and, makes sense. and we did. All of our shows are going to be in there because we're okay with the way they're going to do ads and stuff for now. We can always pull them later if we want to. Hopefully we don't have to. Um, but there's going to be, I should say, this ad thing that Stitcher does and that Google Play Music is going to do. There's no like revenue sharing. Being on these platforms does not make us money. It makes them money. The trade-off is, oh, well, we'll host your stuff, and then we have to keep the servers running. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to make money because we have to keep servers running. Sure. So it's kind of like a, you know, if you're not the, if you don't pay for the service, you are the product kind of nonsense people are always saying with Google, but they're pretty upfront about it. Stitcher was a little shady until um, Chris Hartwick actually oh, okay. very yeah. publicly called them out nice. and and that made them change their, their policies a little bit and be a little bit more transparent. But um, one of the other issues with, with Google play music as, as a podcasting service is they, and we don't know, but it, what it seems like they're going to do is integrate this into um, automatically created playlists. So most people who listen to podcasts, listen to them in a very serialized way, Right. So flipping tables, we, we have follow up, you know, we talk about what we've talked about on previous episodes. You don't really have to listen to every episode, but it's nice if you listen at least in order because then you hear the topic and then if there's follow up, you know what that follow up is talking about. So it would be weird to hear shows randomly. Okay. (laughs) It would also be weird if you're listening to music and then like a 90 minute podcast just shows up. So it's like song, song, 90-minute podcast, right, song. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know how they're going to do that unless they're going to at least separate music and podcasts. They probably will. I mean, iTunes, when you, you know, loaded your podcast, it has has the option like play in playlist or whatever and song list when you have it on like general shuffle, then it won't play a that thing oh so you could tell it like leave all those out Mm -hmm. okay so i i like to assume they'll at least do that but i still think it would be odd and maybe maybe it's just because no one's tried this it'll turn out it's amazing but i still think it would be odd to say i'm interested in listening to tech podcasts and just like i would say i'm listening i'm interested in listening to dubstep and then it just plays random dubstep it would be weird to get random tech podcast episodes Especially because, yeah. like, some of the, the the more popular shows, like Five by Five shows and Twitch shows, like they have in the high hundreds of episodes. You might be listening to an episode that's nine years old. Oh, that's true. Like, that would, yeah, I don't know. that's weird. <laughs> right? It's a really it's not music. Like yeah. it's it's kind of lightly serialized where it makes sense to listen to it in a certain order. And I know um, some of the shows you listen to are. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like current events. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> you have homework. So like you listen to, um, the, the one Harry Potter podcast, oh, yeah. Alohomora. Alohomora, um, where they, is it one chapter at a time? Yep. So they critique like one chapter at a time. So the implied contract there in my mind is go read that chapter before we talk about it. Yes. 
And then we're going to talk about they it. They even remind you, hey, we're reading this chapter, so read this chapter before you continue this episode. Right. And uh, and you and I have kind of been, since we sort of work in the same office, <laughs> since we work from home, um, but you've been listening to one about The Legend of Korra. Yes. And it, I think they do two episodes at a time. They do. Yeah. So every week, you and I watch two episodes of Legend of Korra together. Mm-hmm. And then because your desk is like 10 feet away from mine, <laughs> when you're listening to that, is that hypable? It's hypable. It's one of the hypable shows. Yeah. So when you're listening to that, I can hear it and I'm hearing them comment on the episodes we watched like within the last couple of days or sometimes even the same day. Mm-hmm. So it would be super weird to get those out of order. No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not even just out of order, but like just a random old one. So like you're listening to podcasts and then it's like, oh, here's someone talking about chapter 30 of book six of Harry Potter. That's weird. <laughs> but if you, if you decide like this is what I'm going to listen to. Yeah, that would be really weird to do that. So what I, I can't believe I've actually never asked you this, but other than those those couple of shows, what podcast do you listen to? I know you listen to our shows, yeah, the Sunrise Robot shows. You yeah. listen to your own show. Yeah. And then Hypable. <laughs> so it, Hypable, it's Hypable.com. Yeah, it's Hypable.com. And, and then, then they just have like a bunch of shows. Yeah, they're, they're the network. And then they have so, uh, like a half a dozen podcasts under them. I don't listen to all of them because like I don't watch – Teen Wolf, so I don't listen to that podcast. Th- th- thanks you know? for skipping that one. <laughs> so, and then some of them just aren't the best, or I just listen intermittently depending on the topic. And I actually, I'm even though I kind of listen to one of their shows like through you as a proxy, I don't really know anything about Hypeable. Are they a podcast network? No, they're um, pop news, nerd culture. Okay. So and, and so they just also make podcasts. Yes, and okay. then they started making podcasts um, because there were a whole bunch of shows that people wanted the people to talk about. So they're like, "Yeah, we'll make a podcast about this." And there was a point where they actually like got really out of hand, and then they narrowed it down. Oh, where they were to, just talking about everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was getting a little out of hand. Well, I mean, you've you've heard me go on like it's tempting. Yeah, like we can make a show about this. We can make a show about that. Yeah, but they they pared it down to like a manageable level, I think. So. Um, but yeah, and every once in a while, I listen to other ones like um, the Nerdist. Like if there's a, a specific star or famous person that they interview that I want to listen to, I'll listen to them. But all that's pretty much on the web browser. <laughs> so this is what must be really frustrating from like a market research standpoint because if you go out onto the interwebs and you say, "Hey, interwebs, who listens to podcasts?" then it's probably not people like you who are going to be like, oh, I do, I do, ask me about podcasts. It's going to be people like me yes. who are like, oh, I do, ask me about podcasts. Ask me how I listen. Ask me what my behaviors are so that I can inform your service or product or whatever you're making. And then I think there's probably like a whole dark net <laughs> of podcast listeners like you who are impossible to track, very difficult to predict. They don't really know what you want. Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of like that in general online because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't do that much on Facebook or Google Plus. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so you know, and then I think Twitter I do the most, but even then it's just about books. 
That's also fine. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of vitriol on Twitter. If you can bring the class up the conversation <laughs> a little bit. So I feel like the internet doesn't really know who I am because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's a perfect example. Like I, every once in a while, I'll find a new show that's only like 40 or 50 episodes in and I will backlog. I will like murder those first 50 episodes over a span of like a few days to get caught up and then stay subscribed. So I get like newly episodes. Whereas what you just said about like, Oh, uh, such and such an actor I like is being interviewed by Chris Hardwick on the Nerdist. Like you're never going to subscribe to the Nerdist, which is what they want. Right. Yeah. But if this actor you like, or this, you know, book or this movie or whatever he's talking about, like it's the topic that draws you in. Yes. It's not, like you come for the pie, but you also leave after you had pie. Like pretty much, <laughs> I'm not demanding more pie. <laughs> nothing, nothing in that business makes you stay for like the next course. No, and I, I think that's kind of a problem in in podcasting that we're all like, how do we get people to stick around? You know, even that, like that is hard. Your, your own show, like I love the format of Eclectic Readers Book Club, which you should subscribe to sunriserobot.net slash eclectic readers. Yes, please. Um, I love the format of it because it's like one of our, our only shows that's not serialized. Right, like right. Flipping Tables is very serialized. Bits and Pieces is fairly serialized. Um, Likely Story is very oh, serialized. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think those are all good shows. Most of the shows I listen to on and off our network are very serialized. But I think it's cool that if you guys have an episode about a book, somebody Googles that book, if they happen to come across your show or they find it on Twitter or whatever, like they can listen to just that one episode Mm -hmm. and I would love for them to stick around. But if, if we can provide something that's useful to them and it just happens to be that one time, that's better than none times. That's true. In a way you made them happy for that one hour. Exactly. (laughs) But I, I honestly think there are probably more, especially with the web browser thing. The fact that the majority of our listeners, and I think most podcast listeners, listen on the website, and this is probably less true for like tech podcasts, right? Like if you look through my podcast, they kind of lean tech. Oh, yeah. So of course I use an app. I'm subscribed. I know what RSS means and I'm all fancy. <laughs> but but for someone like you who's like, I just want to hear an interesting conversation about pop culture, like nothing about that predicates you having an app and no. and subscribing and understanding how subscribing works and why you would benefit from it. Like, you're just like, no, I just press a button and, and noise comes out of my speakers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think most podcast listeners are probably more like you than like me. Yeah, and, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> and the fact that your consumption habits haven't changed, even though you run a podcast, <laughs> makes I've, me think those people are probably never going to change. <laughs> or at least it's a really steep hill to climb. I've thought about getting a podcatcher i just haven't <laughs> got around to it <laughs> i'm a very busy person <laughs> you are you're so busy and important and special and beautiful and i love you <laughs> it's called being a mom <laughs> well, I, hey you're not the only mom in this room i am also a dad mom yes oh uh, the <laughs> god the burning look this is why this has to be an audio show because you would have just melted out everybody's screens <laughs> just your eyeballs so, okay, so you're, I wouldn't say you're as big a Google fan person as I am, but you like Google. Yes. And the Google Play Music app works beautifully in a web browser. <laughs> Would you consider using an app that was in the web browser? 
like could that be your your toe into the app world oh so then i would just subscribe and then just listen on the website exactly um maybe so that could maybe get you because it's still like it's in your history like (laughs) your workflow is unchanged or it's it's very slightly changed, <laughs> but it's relatively unchanged. You still, you're still listening at your laptop. You're still uh, going to a website. You don't have to install anything locally. It still knows what you want to listen to. So you're you're changing very little, and you're getting some of the improvements. Yeah, I mean, I think I would do that. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. So this, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm realizing like so Pocket Cast, my my app of choice. They have a web app that mm-hmm. I use actually surprisingly little and it's there's nothing wrong with it it works beautifully it's actually almost exactly like their android app the reason i don't use it is because i went so long hating desktop podcatchers that i have just gotten used to my phone sitting in front of me and listening either on headphones or through the tinny speaker because it's spoken word i don't Mm -hmm. need a huge dynamic range and sure you do uh, get those inflections (laughs) yeah all of that little stuff all of this little quiet (laughs) all that stuff um yeah and but i mean i'm here i'm i'm asking you like oh you have this dumb workflow why do you do things all dumb you should be smart like me and yet i I'm doing the opposite where I'm sitting in front of my computer with my high quality headphones within arm's reach. And instead I'm listening on my crappy phone speaker because I'm just used to doing it that way. (laughs) Yep. So the moral of the story is we're all animals of habit and we just die the way we were born. (laughs) (laughs) Do it the way you want to do it. (laughs) See, that's, I guess that's the thing I take. To tie this all nicely together, <laughs> I take exception to uh, physical books over ebooks for environmental reasons. I take exception to buying music and buying movies versus streaming for um, like logistical reasons. Like most people do not buy a DVD and then watch that DVD a thousand times. You probably only want to watch most movies once. Okay. And you and I, we have, we've come to an equilibrium on this where you pretty much only buy physical movies that have like special features that we're going to watch like a million times. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have made my piece. Because you've seen how awesome they are. Yeah. Mo- not most of <laughs> Some of the Harry Potter special features really suck. Well, no, that's true. I'm just talking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the Lord, yes. Those are tremendous. They're so good. <laughs> I would actually sit down and watch those the way I would sit down and just watch the movie. Oh, yes. I've done that many times. They're so good. (laughs) Um, But like a lot of movies I've watched on Netflix or I've I've rented through like Google Play or at a Redbox or something like I'm really glad I don't own those. Sure. Because I don't need that little stupid coaster of a movie I don't ever want to watch again. And if I owned it, I'd feel like that nagging obligation. It's like, well, I got to keep it even if I'm never going to watch it and it's got to be on the shelf. Right. It can't be in a box in the basement. Right. So that's like that's why I I disagree with owning movies and music versus streaming. But with with blogs, podcasts, um, even like YouTube channels, like I don't I, I don't know what my case is other than I feel like my workflow is the smarter one. But that's not a very good argument. No, it's it's anybody can say that for anything. (laughs) Yeah, I can't really stand on the legs of like, well, the way I do it is just better. It's not. Go tell that to the post office, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's my my way of consuming podcasts is not greener. 
it's not uh it doesn't save money or resources in any way unless you consider time which i mean i do but not everybody does some people are just like eh, it takes me three extra seconds who cares so i don't i don't know how to fight this fight so don't <laughs> but it's so much better <laughs> to subscribe here's a, a good example actually of of why subscribing is beneficial um but I can already think of the counter argument. So here we go. Um, there's a show that I listen to uh, called designing yourself. And I've never talked about this show. I think really with a lot of people, but I, I like hate listen to this show. And what I mean is I agree with almost everything they say in this show, but it's couched in such flowery new age, like self help booky kind of vocabulary that I like cringe hearing it, but everything they say, I a hundred percent agree with it's, it's all about like, like autonomy and controlling your life and like all these like positive things that I agree with, but I hate the verbiage. I hate it so much, but the reason I bring it up, is because they only release an episode like every time they feel like it. Sometimes it might be once a week. Sometimes they go months. Okay. No, that makes sense. And there's no way in hell I'm going to check that website (laughs) once a week because the third time I check and there isn't a new episode, I'm just not going to check again. But by subscribing, when a new app... And I did not know this when I subscribed to the show originally. But then like, I noticed, like, oh, I haven't heard an episode of Designing Yourself in like, oh, wow, like four months. But then I just left the subscription there because it's not hurting anything. And then one day a new episode popped up and it turned out like they because they both work for themselves. They had been busy. They hadn't made an episode. Then they made another episode. And I was like, oh, play. Right. But there's I, like I would never check that website. I just I wouldn't do it. There's web comics that I gave up on reading many, many years ago because at the time they didn't have an RSS feed. I was like, I'm not going to check your website every day. What, I, what am I an animal? Like, <laughs> I have to load your website like every day. I mean, uh, you know, uh, something like NPR, uh, Hypable, Twit, Five by Five, Earwolf. You know, these are really big established networks that make money from the content they produce. They are heavily incentivized to release on a schedule. Yes. So for someone like you, you crazy people, <laughs> if you want to check every Monday, you know, for your favorite show pretty good chance it's going to be there so you can build a weekly habit Mm -hmm. to me that is nonsense and there are shows like designing yourself that release on such we actually have one we the pseudo show that's true is i love that show it's a tremendous interview show but because of the nature of interviewing local creatives you know a lot of them are local denver and colorado creatives like sometimes nobody's available like sometimes schedules just don't mash up so that show it would really benefit people to subscribe to because then you just forget that you're subscribed. But when a new interview comes along, Hey, here's a new interview. Check it out. Right. And all the rest of our shows are on a schedule. So you could build your schedule habit of checking the website, but just subscribe, <laughs> <laughs> just subscribe. God damn it. Maybe <laughs> I will. So after Google play podcast music plus pro thing launches, um, I'm going to try and get, I'm going to get you to try it. Assuming okay. it's not like super shady with ads and weird stuff. Okay. But I'm, I'm, we'll see if we can get you. I am okay with it. I'm just, it's the whole finding a podcast or downloading and then downloading stuff on my phone. Okay. So you have just touched on a very important part of this cross platform. 
So Pocket Casts, the one I use, they have a web app, they have an Android app, they have an iOS app. So any device that I use, I log in once, and then it knows all of my subscriptions. Whereas the one Mike uses, Overcast, which is absurdly popular on iOS. Um, Marco Armed's like a big iOS golden boy. Um, he actually makes one of the shows that I listen to, the Accidental Tech Podcast. Um, he he writes this app. There's a, a free web app, so if you use the iOS app, you can. I think you can actually just use the web app for free if you wanted to. But I, I have an Android phone, which is where I do most of my podcast listening. I don't want to have to maintain two different podcast apps. There's no way. I'm sorry, Marco. There's no way the experience of Overcast to me could justify managing two sets of subscriptions. One set, there's benefits. Multiple sets, the drawbacks so like exponentially <laughs> increase. So for someone like you, I would say if you're ever going to go to an app, it has to have a web component. Yes. Because that web component will be your foot in the water. That would probably probably be how I listen to most of the podcasts anyway. I don't like listening to a lot of stuff on my phone. In the car, though? Or if you're no. like dishes, headphones, chores around the house? Not really. Nothing? I think the only time I'll listen to my phone is if I'm listening to an audiobook. That's it. So... <laughs> Now I think this might be uh, a statistically invalid case study. <laughs> Why are you okay listening to audiobook audio on your phone doing chores but not a podcast? Because I like I actually like to um I don't really like the on or the web app or whatever software overdrive is online that, that's true it's awful yeah so i just prefer that one on the phone just because of that so for you it's really the user experience that decides what platform you're on yes. or that, that's a part of it yeah i guess <laughs> God, i'm so the the company i work for has like an entire department that does user experience research oh. it's like a really big part of making software is re- doing research on your actual users how do yeah. you use this software I have never empathized with them more <laughs> than I do at this moment because you are a like intelligent, rational person and I am struggling <laughs> to figure out not why you do what you do right now, but like how you arrived at it because that probably plays a big part in why you behave the way you behave. So like with overdrive, you probably opened the web app and you were like, this sucks Yep. And then you stopped using it forevermore. Whereas with the the web apps for listening to a podcast, you arrived at that and your experience was sufficient and you saw no reason to seek out improvements. No. Right. But I'm I'm guessing that's how you arrived at those <laughs> things. Like I don't know that, so it would be difficult for me to like, I mean, I can ask you deep personal questions because you're my wife, but like if I was researching for, for user interface design on a podcast app, I would be like, why are you, why are you, you? That, that, well, that's why I'm like, just do it the way you do it and find the thing that works for you. That's why there's so many different apps anyway, for that reason. Yes. Which is a delightful pep talk, but I want people to subscribe. <laughs> that's fine. You can have them subscribe. I'll subscribe, maybe. <laughs> so this is I'm I'm seriously wondering if 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 the message that people who are listening on these websites like 
the message that would speak to them is, hey, Pocket Cast has a web app <laughs> and it's good. And Overcast has a web app, which is also good. And soon Google Play Music will have a web app, which is also good. So use one of those and subscribe. Do whatever makes you happy. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're too, you're too easygoing. I am. It's like fighting water. Waterbender. True story. <laughs> I think we have now successfully connected each of the things we spoke about. <laughs> you want to put a bow on this? Okay. So you can find the show notes for this episode at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 91. Oh my God, we're in the home stretch. I'm in the final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's tempting, but I'm not going to do it. It's, uh, it's amazing though. Like it's, it's been like a really exciting and really long, but really yes. exciting journey. But like we're so close to 100. And thank you for helping make sure we never miss a week. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. So if you want to reach out, uh, Sue and I both love feedback. You can find me on Twitter most easily at Lions in Beta. You can find Mike at Medwards Music. And people can find you where, Susan? Where can the good people reach out? They can find me at Duri Kaicho, spelt R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U on Twitter. That's where I will most likely respond. And and if if say people were interested in like a, a book club style podcast where there's people were gonna you know announce the book they were gonna read and maybe have like an amazing conversation about that book, where could people find a thing like that? Well, I have the perfect place. If you guys have not heard of Goodreads, you need to go there now. Um, we are at Goodreads dot com slash eclectic readers, and um, that's where. All our news happens and up to date what we're reading, what we're going to read, and a whole bunch of discussion. We have threads for all the books that we've read um, since we began. And since we started the podcast, we also have one for podcast discussion, too. So... And where would people find this amazing podcast? Well, I don't know, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll find it at sunriserobot.net slash eclecticreaders. And for next month, which you have a fortnight to read this book, um, we're reading The Gollum and the Ginny, if you're interested. And if you want to know the caliber of the discussion, the amount of time she described that you have left to read the book was Fortnite. <laughs> so you know this is not going to just be a bunch of women getting drunk on wine pretending to have a book club. This is a serious <laughs> critique of these books. And I actually, I, so I have not read a single one of the books you guys have read. And I still listen yes, to- you have. Oh, you're right. Yep. Right. You're right. You're right. There was one. So- but I still listen to every episode because I actually just really enjoy the way you tear apart books, positive and negative. Like it helps me be like a critical reader of my books when I hear like, oh, that's the, you know, this passage happened and then this is how Tara felt, this is how you felt, this is how Jeanette felt. Like I might not have gotten all that myself because I'm a just one person. <laughs> so it's like, it's really useful. I think I may... I may have to clandestinely join the Eclectic Readers Book Club. Yes, you need to. It's wonderful. It is. <laughs> so you can find Flipping Tables and Eclectic Readers in your podcatcher that you should be using. <laughs> oh, my God. Start using a podcatcher. Um, but if not, you can always search in iTunes. You can always just go to sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables or sunriserobot.net slash eclectic readers or sunriserobot.net to find all of our amazing shows. And uh, if you want to subscribe, that helps us out. That helps you get the shows delivered to you every time a new one is lovingly handcrafted. And if you want to go a step beyond that to support us, uh, iTunes still, unfortunately, kind of the center of the podcasting universe. We didn't get to talk about it during our, our Google discussion, but 
this is really what a lot of us podcasting nerds are kind of hoping for someone to challenge Apple on podcast dominance. Um, Stitcher has made a name for themselves, but if they went away, Apple like wouldn't even notice. It's like a rounding error in terms of usage for them. So uh, Google, huge company. Um, if you've ever listened to a single other episode of Flipping Tables, you know we're big fans of competition in the tech space. So we want to see this uh, really continue, really stay open, and uh, Google can contribute to that, or they can ruin it and make it worse and come along and be a multi-billion dollar stitcher. So yeah, for now you have to rate us on iTunes for other people to find the show in those searches. Uh, pocket cast still uses iTunes. I think underneath is their directory overcast does it's the, we're, we're all trapped right now. Save us Google. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> but if you go, if you subscribe, if you leave those reviews in iTunes, it, it does help other people find the show. And if you want to go the extra, extra mile and uh, support us directly, we do have a Patreon set up to patreon.com slash sunrise robot. And depending on the level you support us at, you can actually get your name shouted out at the end of one or all the shows. So with that, I want to give a special thanks to Bruce Edwards, Matt, Bur- Matt Mariner and Sean Byrne. Matt, I swear to God, I know your name. I promise. I love you. I love all of our supporters. Uh, we could not do it without you guys. You help us keep the servers on and the, the sweet, smooth voices flowing. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.